0: 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Good morning to all of you joining us locally by radio and streaming online. We appreciate you tuning in. Today is Sunday, uh, October 14th. <laughs> I'm your host, Maddie Love, in studio today with Hertzie Hertz, Julie Love, and our returning guest, a man who can bend spoons with the power of thought and perhaps a subtle application of force. A man who can read your mind, no matter how short the story. <laughs> I thought that was good. World traveler, speaker, think... <laughs> and mentalist. Happy to welcome back David Gamet, who is in studio with us on this. Gorgeously beautiful snowy day. Oh God! Nice. <laughs> I was
1: just gonna say I feel personally attacked
0: by that short story. <laughs> what do you mean? Like it was like I don't know. Do you ever listen to Skeptics Guide? It was like a novella.
1: Oh Lord! I have. Don't give me another podcast to listen to. <laughs>
0: Wait, you don't listen to Skeptics Guide? Oh, that's okay. It's, it is. It is kind of a sausage chest of a podcast. Am I allowed to say that on radio? All I right. think you well, can just say did. sausage. Okay,
1: sausage is good, right? Yeah. Eric's oh. kind of giving us a half.
0: Oh, okay. Just oh, checking. Okay. That was a little bit of in-studio technical banter there. Oh. Thank you, Eric. Oh, is it not actually? No, we are actually live. Yes. yes.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, wait a minute. This was all a test. We finally fooled David. <laughs> ah, David, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> are you allowed to say your name on here? <laughs> I, I, well, I just did.
1: Wait, if we say it three times, do we like get power over you or something?
2: Shh fake news don't <laughs> give away the secrets Beetlejuice
0: <laughs> uh, We had you as a guest back in June and immediately following the conversation like we were in the parking lot and I realized you know what we really need to have you back on like we didn't get to everything that we mm-hmm. wanted to talk about um, so I'm like really happy that all of us could be back in studio too because like I was listening to this to The I listened to the, the last time you were on in June like mm-hmm. on the way in here just to listen to it again
1: Oh. You did way more homework <laughs> than I did. I feel honored. <laughs> it's not homework.
0: That's a privilege. Yeah. I apologize to your ears. What well, and. Just like back in June, we had dinner again this week before mm-hmm. we came on. Um, yeah, which, you two
1: had dinner. I had to skip out. <laughs> we three had dinner. Yes. Three,
0: sorry. So three sorry. of us. Julie, Julie, myself, and David had dinner. Um, I'm assuming the listeners missed that conversation we had at dinner, though, unless they were, like, on the other side of the booth. If, like, all of you were back there, that'd be really impressive. That would oh. be really impressive. <laughs>
1: also, if I put, you know, a listening device under the table, which I totally
0: didn't. You know it was really loud in there so you would not have heard anything. No. Um, I'm also guessing that not everyone listening today was able to like listen to the conversation that we had 4 months ago. So with all that out of the way, mm-hmm. could you reintroduce yourself to the audience?
2: Well, I'm David Gamut. I'm a mentalist based here in Minnesota. I do a lot of different uh, corporate events where I speak and perform and do different workshops. Um, actually, the last time I was in here, I was just getting back from Barcelona. And this time, I'm just getting back from Costa Rica. So it seems like every time I go to a Spanish-speaking country, I end up in this uh, studio here. So that's kind of fun.
0: Um, you, could you like give us a heads up on what your next itinerary is so we can make sure our schedules are clear?
2: Ah yes yes I'll I'll let you know the next time. <laughs> Actually, next time might be something involving you guys. If this is an appropriate time to
1: an appropriate time to talk about the winter solstice dinner, which it's always is on, an
2: appropriate time.
1: Yes, which is on December fifteenth. Ticket. I don't know if tickets are on sale yet, but you should do a save your save the date because I do believe we're we're in talks with Mr. David about having him and. And as our night of, oh shoot, we had a great tagline for this and I can't remember what Heather wrote down.
0: (laughs) Well, the tagline is yet to come apparently. But either way, it sounds like be. Yeah. Yes, David will be. Yes,
1: David. I'm going to look it up on Meetup and see if I can and find it because she had a really good one.
0: Well, before we went on air, talking about like the winter solstice, we were talking about like helping. You were talking about how you can sometimes like help people. You work with them on like tra- training their brains. Yeah. Um, Memory. and way yeah. better than like those apps I can play on my phone.
1: I could totally uh, sure, do yeah. that. <laughs> I could totally use that.
0: Yeah. No. Uh, you had mentioned like teaching people how to say the alphabet backwards without them Mm -hmm. even realizing that you were teaching them. Yeah. Is there any tricks that you can demonstrate, like, on the radio? Um, Tricks was the wrong word. You said effects. uh, Yeah, effects. effects. Like
2: um, saying the alphabet backwards or...
0: Well, anything, because we had talked about maybe doing something on air.
2: Oh, right, yeah. No, I'm thinking, uh, you know, a little bit closer to the winter solstice dinner. We should probably uh, do something um, either with some listeners or I think Hertzie had a good idea about... Possibly,
1: possibly doing like a mini mini fundraiser for the yeah. show. But uh, heads up, for the it is on Meetup, by the way, so you can at least RSVP there. Um, it's a save the date right now. It is the winter solstice, a night of magical disbelief.
0: Fantastic! Oh. It's a great tagline. So I, I blame Heather. <laughs> so so we should be able to st- <coughs> sell is the wrong word. Uh, have a a, a donation. <laughs> We're going to auction yeah. you off, David. Yeah. That's what we're going to do.
2: Just uh, my body is ready. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes. Derailed complete. And we're only how many minutes in? <laughs> we'll have
0: to stop the radio show. You broke the host. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, Everything said reflects the opinions of the guests. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: So I'm just curious, how did how did this all start? Were you like five years old and realized that you could shape your friend's will into doing what you want? Or did you accidentally bend a spoon and go,
1: oh, hey,
2: cool. So there's a couple of different pieces that kind of fell together. I remember when I was really, really young, I was um, watching with my grandma. There was a movie called uh, Phenomenon with John Travolta. And I was like eight years old at the time. And I watched that and I remember just becoming fat. Like that was became one of my favorite movies. I was like, I want to do that or be that. And um, that, that was the end of that. And then I want to say I was about 16 or so. I saw David Blaine performing, and then I just kind of walked into a magic shop a little bit later learned a few things about a year later. I learned that mentalism was a thing and I've always been really just uh in tune with people and trying to understand people and you know it's kind of like a little radar dish um and so I just. As soon as I discovered mentalism, the thing, I immediately dived in and I started learning everything that I could. And there's a couple of different perspectives that tend to be out there. So I just started to try to learn everything, whether it was considered psychic phenomena or psychological studying, because I wanted to know, well, what's BS, what's not. And so I wanted to understand it. And so I got a very broad grasp of things very quickly. And... um, Yeah, it just kind of kept spiraling from there. I learned a little bit of magic originally, so I would uh, test mentalism while I was in high school under the guise of just performing some magic stuff so people wouldn't freak out. And I got, um, I'll say I got decent pretty quickly just because I was willing to fail. And most people aren't willing to fail. So yeah, it just kind of kept going from there.
0: And the speaking was an outgrowth of that.
2: Yes. um, I actually ended up meeting a guy who had, I want to say like six, seven, eight different degrees in like a ton of different things. And he ran, um, or he was one of the people who helped run Campus Atheist Skeptics Humanists for the University of Minnesota. And he met me actually at a magic shop that I worked at. And he knew what a mentalist was. And I was really impressed with that. He had met Banachek. And we ended up talking for about nine hours Uh, touching on everything from quantum physics to dark matter to psychology. I learned things from him. He learned things from me. We met up another day, talked another like seven hours. Then he invited me to come speak at the U of M to the cash group. And so I went and I did like a 90-minute lecture on psychology and different things. And then it went from there to me going to the University of Michigan. Then I went to New York. And then I went and I just, it just kept spiraling. And I ended up like enjoying it and decided, well, Screw it. This is what I'm going to do. And I just started speaking and performing, and it just kind of kept going from there. But yeah, it started at the U of M in terms of uh, professional... Uh, Speaking events.
1: This is interesting because most podcasters do podcasting and then they get invited to speak. (laughs) You seem to be doing,
2: you seem to be kind of
1: going the maybe the
2: opposite way. Yeah, that seems to be how it usually goes. I typically dive into the deep end of the pool on what, like, I get this like obsessive focus with whatever it is I want to learn. And I just keep going. It's kind of crazy. And then I get to a certain point, I'm like, okay, that was fun. Let's try another thing. I just, I don't know. I, I like lifelong learning. Um, I do want to start my own podcast. I just need to kind of get past my little imposter syndrome in my head and uh, actually put it out there. But, yeah, we'll we'll get it done.
0: That is amazing to me that, like, f- from our standpoint, like, mm-hmm. you are well-spoken, you have confidence to go up on stage, conf- you talked about, you know, Thank having you. the confidence to fail, like, and yet you're like, but I have imposter syndrome still. And yeah, like, it's,
2: <laughs> it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I... Don't quite know what to do about that. I saw this
0: great cartoon this morning. I don't mm-hmm. remember who posted it. And it just one little thing was like, it was like how an artist sees himself. And it was like this person coming up to put a cake on the table and like mm-hmm. ne- their cake was kind of like, you know, whatever, it, you know, not the best. And the cake next to it was just gorgeous. And it was like what the artist thinks. And it's like, Oh, that cake's so much better. And it's like, what the what the consumer or like what the other person thinks. So like yes, two cakes. <laughs> and it was like <laughs> I thought that was a perfect way of like mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's kind of how it is. Like maybe maybe the first two episodes of your podcast won't be as good as you want them to be, but from our standpoint, it'd be like yes, he's doing a podcast.
2: <laughs> yep. Ah, oh, yeah, you might be accurate in that. All right, all
1: right. <laughs> I, <was gonna laughs> there, I was gonna say there's also a ton of resources to help with okay. with. Like editing and stuff because like what doesn't it rich
0: oh rich lions yeah yeah I want to oh, I want to rich lions past guest friend of the show
1: oh yes I want to contact him about her he talks because I really should take that to a podcast form it's too long for YouTube <laughs> and he probably would do a great job editing out all uh, of the
0: band. <laughs> yeah he's fantastic we only have uh, just a few seconds left before oh. we have to go to break but what I want to do when we come back from break is I, I want to ask you like or I guess what you can think about this during the mm-hmm. break is. Why is communication with other people so important to you? Okay, because I feel like, um, like you know, we all communicate, and that might be a, a, good a good way to start the next segment. So, please stay with us for the break. Hertzie, Julie, and myself will return with the mentalist, speaker, and all-around fantastic person, David Gammon. You're listening to Atheist Talk on AM nine fifty KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Welcome back to AM 950, KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. You're tuned into Atheist Talk. I'm your host, Maddie Love, in studio with Julie Love, Hertzie Hertz, and returning guest mentalist, David Gamet. If you're interested in getting involved in conversation we're having today, the phone number is 952-946-6205. If you'd rather, you can send us an email at radio at mnatheist.org, tweet us at Atheist Talk, or leave a comment on the Facebook post for this episode over at facebook.com slash Atheist Talk. I also want to give a quick shout out to Mark in Pennsylvania, a new listener who I had the good fortune of chatting with just by accident, <laughs> trying to reserve a moving truck for a family member and having to be lucky enough to talk to an out-of-state listener. So thanks for being great at your job, Mark. And of course, thank you for listening. Yeah, no, hurts you're like, oh. it's like, yeah, That's it was really like,
1: we have a listener.
0: Oh, come on. Don't sell us short. We're fantastic. We have this is my stuff.
1: imposter syndrome. Oh, I was <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I manage the, the podcast feed for this show. I know how many listeners we have. So I'm not like, you know, I don't want to brag, but like we're doing well.
1: I know. I know. I saw that once and went, wait, what?
0: <laughs> but at the same time, it was like, no matter how many listeners you have, mm-hmm. like if you have a hundred thousand listeners, there's still three million or 300 million people in the United States. Right. Like the odds of like picking up the phone to reserve a moving truck for a family member and you just happen to get somebody who's like, hey, are you Baddy Love that does atheist talk? And it's like... Yeah, so fantastic. I mean that isn't exactly how the conversation went, but still, it was like that's pretty awesome. awesome. It was pretty, it was, it was pretty, pretty awesome.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it reminds you that there's a worth to what you're doing.
0: Yeah, it was actually it was it's it's pretty cool. Like it, with my own podcast, every once in a while you get you, you we get emails or whatever. Well, actually, we got an email this morning to, to our Facebook show talking about an old episode and asking for questions, and it's just like. It's really cool to, listeners, it's really cool when we interact with you because like we're sitting in this little dark room right now, having a really good time talking to each other, but it's still fun to talk. Like we do this because it's fun to talk to each other and to talk to you, whether that's on Facebook or Twitter or an email or, anyway, yes. (laughs) Going into the break, we David, I had asked you um, why communication is so important to you and you've had two and a half minutes and then me blathering on and on and on. Uh, Do you have a response to that? Uh,
2: So... telling question. So to me, communication is really, really huge because I, I really feel like the most important thing in life is human connection. Like everything that we do comes back to that. It's all about other, like if you were the last person on earth and there was no one else left to impress or anything, everything would kind of lose its meaning. It's all about everyone else. And so when you have, I don't want to say when you're not quite clear in your communication or when you're not, uh, I don't know, doing it well, ironically, this is kind of a word salad answer, but it it really breaks that connection a bit. It makes things either awkward or it just kind of cuts off. But if you have the right tools in your toolbox, you can really talk to anybody and it can be completely, it can flow naturally. And really, communication is the only corrective tool we have as well to know if we've gone off course. So right now on Facebook, you see everyone just yelling at each other and they're all talking past one another. No one's hearing anything the other person is saying. And so learning how to kind of pull that back and have an actual conversation is how you get past that. And so it just, it plays into everything we do. No matter what you do, if you work in sales, if you're a radio host, if you're, you're always talking to somebody at some point in transition. And so that communication becomes a really, really big tool that we tend to kind of gloss over and we just assume everyone knows how to speak
0: yeah I remember this was one of the things we I really wanted to touch base with you. Mm-hmm. I, I think we briefly talked about it on the last show, but not we didn't really get in depth into it um and you had mentioned you know like facebook mm-hmm. twitter i mean is', is just maybe worse because you have less characters or maybe better because you have less char- less characters. Right. I'm not sure which um but like we live in a society and this culture that's dominated by theistic religion as atheists, mm-hmm. and so I find myself a lot of times. In the feeling, kind of defensive, mm-hmm. even when I'm talking to like the most liberal, theistic, ecumenical believer, <laughs> like they they just, they have a hard time understanding things from the secular perspective. Mm-hmm. Like why? Like what do you mean? We should can't you have more believers on air with you? Like to, <laughs> to it's like well you're everywhere. Yeah, like, come on. Um, but can you share like do you have thoughts or strategies to help people like? With different points of view, not just talk past each other.
2: Yeah, um, really talk less and listen more. And then whenever they say whatever it is that they say, ask them a question about it. Just say, what makes you uh, believe that? Or why do you think this is this way? And just kind of dig in. And when we're in a society where we ignore each other so much, you're speaking, I catch one thing you're saying, and then now I'm just waiting for you to finish your story so I can tell my better story relating to that. And I stop listening. And then I end up going back about 10 minutes. We all do that. And so when someone actually is paying attention to what you say and they're really listening, they're asking questions, you notice that. And it almost, it almost feels like kind of an, like this person is interested in what I'm saying. And so it kind of earns a little bit more charity or patience or whatever. And when you ask them questions, they're going to want to tell you why they believe what they believe. And then when you tell them, okay, well, how about this then? Because this is what I see wrong with that. What do you think of this? Like you're kind of earning your way into the conversation where they're going to have a real conversation with you. So a lot of the, like tactics would be like your little tools. Strategy would be how you use them overall. The strategy is really to listen more, ask some more questions, and then point out your stuff that you want to talk about. Because at that point, they're going to want to reciprocate that. If nobody wants to be a jerk, but... if you say... <laughs> Ertsey he has her hand up. I, is that
0: because oh, I you I should say enjoy... no one wants
2: to be interpreted as a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, actually, I, I am thinking... Besides our president. <laughs> I, all
0: opinions are of uh, guests and, hosts <laughs> and do not necessarily represent those Minnesota atheists. Um, I, as you say that, I, I mean, I, I agree with you that when people are, are actually talking in good faith, that people don't want to be a jerk.
2: Right. But <laughs> the conversation never starts that way.
0: Well, I'm just—I—I I, I do know that I have encountered, pl- and I, you know, truth be told, I have trolled, you know, mm-hmm. maybe some really conservative, religious Christian sites before. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> some people do want to be a jerk, and that so. is their sole purpose for being online. That's—that's that's why are Twitter, Twitter accounts that are egg accounts, and yeah. But I—I—I I, I, I understand what you're saying, and I'm mm-hmm. purposely using the same word, but over and over and over again because I did want to get around to talking about butt stuff with you. Um.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's a framing that the people listening are going to completely misinterpret. I thought we were talking about good communication.
0: Oh, that's best. But, but, (laughs) but. (laughs) But.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. So there are, um, like, even outside of the context of debates, uh, there are certain words that are really really simple that have a major impact even in our everyday conversation so the what she's referring to right there is the word but not actual butts so the word but, but with one t yes with one t so so do you like big butts <laughs> <sighs> that, that was a pregnant pause. Well, I memory. cannot lie, so... Yes, this is... <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm done. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, the poor guy has got like 30 seconds before I go to our
2: Oh, God. All right. So, yeah, so the word but is kind of the magic eraser word of the English language. So you want to be really cognizant of how you're going to use it. Anything you put in front of the word but is going to be minimized. Anything you put after the word but is going to be maximized. So when you say to your children, I love you, but you really need to just start cleaning your room, you're kind of erasing that and then it can cause different subtle issues later you like how much time do we have before we go uh, into the w- break? we
0: should probably take this up on okay. the other side of the break can do um, that. i mean what you were saying was fantastic but we need to go to a break um yes we will talk about more butt stuff <laughs> julian Hertzie and i will return to our discussion with guest david gamut right after this short commercial break this is maddie love you're listening to atheist talk on ktnf am 950 the progressive voice of minnesota Thank you for tuning into Atheist Talk on AM nine fifty KTNF. I'm Maddie Love in studio this week with Hertzie Hertz, Julie Love, and mentalist David Gammon. Before we continue with our conversation, we need to take a moment to thank our sponsors. All of us at Atheist Talk are asking for your help in keeping secular voices on the public airwaves and in podcast form. Atheist Talk is produced with funding from the Minnesota Atheists and Cucumbers Restaurant in Edina. Please consider visiting our sponsors, and if you do, let them know that you appreciate their support of Atheist Talk. If you would like to advertise on this program and help keep us on the air, please contact us at radio at mnatheist.org. This program is put together by dedicated volunteers and the generous donations of people like you. It's because of listeners like you that we're able to keep Atheist Talk on the radio and in podcast form. If you're able to help with a donation, you can do so over at our Radio Fun page or by becoming a patron. You can sign up for as little as a dollar an episode over at patreon.com slash atheist talk and listen to all of our extended interviews, discussions, and skullduggery, and where the FCC isn't able to apply its antiquated religious restrictions on what words we use and whether or not we talk about butt stuff. Um, or Dragon Ball Z, or apparently in this Patreon. Uh, I'm, st- I'm sorry. I was laughing when you said Skullduggery because I was just like, ah, I didn't make you watch that one. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that movie yet. But I will, unfortunately. Oh, yes. Minnesota Atheist is a 501c3 tax-deductible organization. When we say we couldn't do this show without you, we actually, we really do mean that. And, well, we are very grateful for all of your contributions. Music for Minnesota, <laughs> Music for Atheist Doc is by composer and member Brent Michael-David. All right, mischief managed, and back to the conversation with David Gamut. David, when we left you, we were talking about butt stuff, oh which, uh, hey, I, I think it's kind of funny because it, it for, in, a, in a way, it's kind of a, like a, it's a. Funny oh, it's going to be a
2: running joke for like right. the rest of my career. I yep.
0: I hope so. I hope for the rest of your career, people are always coming up to you and say, David tell me about but <laughs> you are the butt stuff expert in Jesus. minnesota
1: if this wasn't part of the minnesota the, the winter solstice talk because mm-hmm. we're going to negotiate that at cucumbers later <laughs> but if it wasn't it is now as i get to tell ta- i get to introduce by you and say we're going to talk about butt stuff. oh my god <laughs> well, all like, right
0: what, the, the part that i find so fun about that yep. is like it's it's a, it's a double pun mm-hmm. because it's also like by saying butt stuff it's like a butt butt of, of stuff right it's 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 showing bad communication because I am I want to talk about one thing. If I want to say butt stuff, it
2: like makes somebody think about
0: something totally different.
2: I want to give a presentation on words now and just have a slide that says butt stuff. See? That would I go be fantastic. Topic. Yeah, no. It,
0: that... needs it needs
1: to have a gif then.
0: No, it doesn't.
2: It needs to have a gif.
0: No. All right. It should not have a gif. It should have oh. a gif.
1: Oh, we're not, not have peanut butter.
0: We're uh, not getting into that. We're not anybody? getting into this. One. Yes. So, <laughs> well, the we word We'll just let that part fall into <laughs> fall into the cracks. <laughs> You're so, going to talk about butts now.
2: Yes. So, the word so yes, the word butt. So, um Depending on what you want to minimize and you want to maximize, uh, as a real life example, beforehand, uh, you had said, oh, what you're talking about is fantastic, but we have to go to a break. If you flip that, it becomes, We're going to, we have to go to a break, but what you're talking about is fantastic. And they kind of feel different when you're receiving them. It's, an example that I give often is, say you're at work and your boss calls you into his office and he says, you're doing a great job, but you need to work on X, Y, and Z. Or they say, you need to work on X, Y, and Z, but you're doing a great job. Like, without even really messing with the tone, the way it comes across is completely different. And people don't think about that consciously. So you kind of have to train yourself to be aware of that, and then you just start doing it naturally. But you usually want to end on a positive note, just to kind of keep that goodwill going between the two people. It kind of fosters human connection. So that's- it's,
0: always, it's not like you're saying... Hey, don't use don't use the word but in a conversation. Yeah,
2: no, 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 it's, no, not at it's all. Just be, be just cognizant. Be aware. Yeah. Yes. Be aware of how you're using it and do it purposefully.
0: Yeah,
1: and, and like we talked about a little bit in the break, and so we'll bring it up so the other people can hear. Well, you know, I kind of knew a little bit about the word but and it how it can change your conversation. And so I try to use words like however mm-hmm. and such and I'm always worried it's like, does that have the exact same effect as but or is it it's you know is it different?
2: It's related but different. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Isn't that, isn't that a weird way to use the word? But so, <laughs> no, it's with, different but related. With however, it's kind. Of, think of it as like a softer version of that. It's not like you're completely erasing the previous point. You're just kind of putting a nuance into it. Okay. So it's it's sort. Of, so that's what I mean. It's sort of the same, but not exactly. You can also. Um, there's all sorts of different words. I if you don't know of a way to. Do it in the manner in which you want the correct feeling to come across because life is a feeling process. Even if there's no emotions in the words you're saying, there's a feeling you receive when you interpret these words. So if you don't know how you want to get that feeling across whenever you say however you want to say, sometimes you just get rid of the word but entirely and make two different sentences or you just kind of go... Um you you really need I don't know, you just can replace it with the word just, for example, because there's no good way to put it. So you can just I love you, you just need to clean your room. Like I don't know. I'm just using that example because we were using it before. But you can do something like that and completely just negate the entire effect.
0: Ah. Yeah, we had talk we were talking in the break. You see so we're talking about other words that mm-hmm. kind of have Maybe not the same power, but, like, they also have, when when you see them in a sentence or when you hear somebody saying them, they can change the direction. Yes. They can change the intended message so the receiver doesn't hear what the communicator, what the sender was trying to get across.
2: Yeah. So this is something that I used to write about a lot. I want to say, like, somewhere between, like, 2009, 2011, I had, like, a blog that would update once in a blue moon where I would talk about different power words. Um... But there's <laughs> every I know, time I say that aware now, aware now. <laughs> I know now that I'm talking about it it's become really meta
0: when we when we chat online mm-hmm. like i I like every time i I change the way I talk, yeah be, because because like I can't use the word it, it but it,
2: yeah. and I realize that's not what you're saying, right, but no, not at all <laughs> you just you just have to choose how you're saying it with a purpose, right, so the uh, communication is a tool, most people don't consciously use that tool. They just swing it around like a crazy person with a chainsaw or something, and it just, whatever happens, happens. But you can really hyper-focus that tool. And it's astonishing. People become more responsive to you. People wa- you become the type of person people want to be around. Like, even if you're not trying to network, like, people like working with you. Um, there's also the word because, which there's, some, there's a really famous psychological study on this word, where people were waiting in line to use a copy machine and the word because increased your rate of being able to do whatever it is that you want to do like cut in line by about 90 some percent
0: really so yeah so they had I I need to get in front of you because because I'm in I'm in a hurry
2: yes and that was actually one of the examples they used and then they switched the wording and they found out it wasn't the reason it was literally the word because you could have a completely nonsensical reason after the fact because literally translates to be the cause so it's it's its own justification. So when they were so trying sense. to cut in line of the copy machine, uh, they went in and they said, hey, can I, can I go ahead of you because I'm in a hurry? That got about 90, I don't remember. I think it was like 92%, 93% rate of being able to cut in. And the, the second time they did it, they said, hey, can I cut in front of you because I need to use the copier? And that had a 91%. It it literally didn't affect, like, that's exactly the entire reason you're in the line. The word because is literally its own justification. It becomes its own power word. And a lot of people don't realize that. That can be used slightly manipulative as well. People's names are also incredibly powerful. That is the most beautiful sound in the world to anybody. That's why you have the cocktail effect. You can sit there and you can be in a crowd of people and you hear your name across the room. You didn't know you were listening to that, but it still snaps you to attention. You're like, what? What was that? I thought I heard. And you, and you just have this radar that's going out. So you can really snap people's attention back in. And you see this all the time in like um, sales copy emails when you're on the mailing list where they put your name in the subject or at the beginning. A more effective way to do it would be to do that, but also halfway through the sales copy, insert their name again. And it's almost like you're not expecting that. It jars you to attention and suddenly you're, you're really focused on the rest of the second half of the email. Um, I see, I've only ever seen one person do that. And even when I read that, it got my attention and I'm aware of why it happened. So it's not something you can help. It's kind of like a subconscious, just program running in your mind.
1: Maddie, we got to start working on our sales copies. <laughs>
2: Apparently, well, I, I wonder if part of that is, at least I'm, I'm
0: looking at it from now, on, just analytical or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, you didn't, you couldn't just mass email that out to me. My name's in it. Like, I, granted, all it takes mm-hmm. is. We know well, a quick Control F, well, for Microsoft. which I don't know about Apple, but like a quick Control F, find replace. <laughs> well, you, <laughs> but well I don't Daddy, think you, you don't you even see. I
1: was gonna say you don't even have to do that though, because if you're if you're able to work out the programming of what system you're using, you can have it insert that name from the two or from from it uses the
2: two the name from the email profile. Yeah, I was
0: just uh, at my local pharmacy yesterday, and it talk you were talking about names. And I'm sitting there waiting waiting for my prescription or whatever, and, and this is a HIPAA violation, I think, but somebody next to me, I don't work there, so it's fine. Somebody next to me, who's, their name was Madeline. Oh. And they were like, hey, we have a prescription for Madeline. And I'm like, like looking around suddenly confused because yeah. I'm sitting there already, and it's like, <laughs> like wait a minute. like I, I, It targets a busy place. Yeah. I just thought, that, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's astonishing. Um there's also this is something that I think a lot of people don't understand. I'm just making sure I have time to unpack this.
0: I, w- I promise. Well, yeah. Good point. Yeah.
2: You have the the uh, the difference between the word "what" and the word "why" when you're trying to understand. I mentioned this slightly the last time I was here, but I don't think I did a really clear job of it. So when you're trying to when you're having like a debate or something, or just you're trying to understand why someone's doing what they're doing. The word why gives you really fuzzy answers because the part of your brain that handles your emotions and the part of the brain that handles your word processing are two different spots of the brain. When you say why, it goes to the emotional part of your brain, which is why you get really fuzzy answers. If I ask you, why did you decide to work here or whatever, then there's, they're kind of trying to come up with the answer and they're not really sure. If I ask you what made you decide you want to work here, suddenly it, it becomes sharp in your thought process. And then you can give really tangible answers because what is a tangible question. So when you're trying to find out someone's why, ask them what made you instead of why did you or why do you want to? What makes you think that? You get much, much clearer responses when you ask the word what.
1: That also would make sense for children because how many times do you say, why did you do that? And the kid's like,
2: Eh, yeah,
1: (laughs) now granted, that's also because sometimes they don't have an actual reason for why they did something, but
2: I would almost be willing to guarantee you it wouldn't, you won't get a response every time. If you say, What made you do that? like they might be like, Well, I kicked her because she shoved me, like you know, like I don't know, like that's a terrible example, but yeah,
0: a lot of them, though, when you ask why, at least my kids would say, Because, yeah. which as david pointed out will automatically means that it's okay for you to kind of Yeah, in line. No, no. Which is why when <laughs> I want to use the copier, I kick my sister.
2: Oh god. And there's all sorts of different things you see happen in like politics for example when they give <laughs> the answer more or less. They they make whatever broad sweeping generalization they want to and then they go well more or less and then suddenly it becomes okay. But what you remember when you recall it is the statement and then it becomes fact. And so there's all sorts of little manipulative things you can do, too. That's not what this is about because all these little things that you're doing are really simple, but they really change your life. How many things did I just sneak into that sentence?
0: (laughs) Oh, I I will probably go back and and take some notes. Because one of the things I I find is I don't remember a lot of this stuff Mm -hmm. like on day-to-day conversations. Yeah. When I'm talking to people online, though, and I can go back and read what I wrote, and then I can hear it back play to my head, it's like, oh, that that didn't sound the way I wanted it to sound.
2: Yeah. It helps. If you read it out loud to yourself, you can really clarify if it sounds good or not. All
1: right. (laughs) Yeah, I often like to rewrite things like three or four times some days.
0: All right. Well, Julie Hertz and I will return to our discussion with guest David Gamet right after this short commercial break. This is Maddie Love. You're listening to Atheist Talk on KTNF AM nine fifty, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Thank you for tuning in to Atheist Talk on AM nine fifty KTNF. I'm Maddie Love in studio this in studio this week with Hertzie Hertz, Julie Love, and mentalist David Gamet. Um, you know, I don't actually remember now what we were talking about going into the break. But that's <laughs> fine. Because we... <laughs> that is terrible. Because we, to be fair, we talked about a lot during the break. Um, True. But where I wanted to go with this segment is... I mean, going kind of continue with like... One of the main reasons I wanted to be back was this, this part about communicating with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was wondering, you know, do you find it difficult to find a common ground with people both online and then just even in meat space?
2: Um, I used to uh, find it a little bit more difficult, but as I started kind of using these things consciously, um, it's gotten better. I mean, obviously there's always going to be your troll who really just wants to derail it for their own molds. But um, yeah, most of the time I'm able to have conversations with people who normally wouldn't be able to just because of... The fact that I'm respecting them and, and making sure that I'm sticking to the idea. So if I post, uh, something that is, I, I know that the general populace are not really thinking about it in the, like, if I talk about like religious stuff, for example, um, the majority of the country's religious. And so I know that I'm probably just going to get a lot of people digging their heels into the ground. Um, so I try to come at it in a way where it's not disrespectful, but I'm, I'm clearly criticizing the ideas, but I'm also showing that I'm understanding a lot of the sentiment. I realize that you think, or that you're going to say that there's a lot of good that can come from this as well, and a few people... Have, and then I address that like before it even becomes an obstacle. Um, when people comment and get really angry or really attacky or whatever... Or they just say their piece. Um, I usually I, I try to make sure I'm hearing them correctly, and I will. Th- okay, I think this is where they're going. So then I'll just kind of restate that in the beginning. Be like I, I understand what you mean when you're saying da 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 da. And depending on what it is, I could say I used to think that way too. Or, uh, but I. Th- however, it turns out that I think this is what's actually going on, and you can kind of take uh, this justification where a lot of good can come from it, and that's kind of the shadow all the more extreme stuff can kind of hide under because they can just kind of use that as like a shield and the people that are hiding under more I don't know moderate stuff uh, aren't going to also actively criticize it so it's kind of like they're free from criticism because it's justified by the group that won't say we're not about that and so you just kind of have to unpack it 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 becomes more of like a novel in your reply it's hard to be succinct when you do that but you're going to make a lot more ground.
0: Do you run across Cause I feel like some of the stuff that you talk about, it wouldn't be of much use to say a troll mm-hmm. because, because, well, yeah, anyway. I said, I'm so like hyper aware now on, the, on these, some of these words. That you've seen. <laughs> and that's a good thing <laughs> because
2: it'll become more natural.
0: If you're, if you're, you know, reiterating what they had to say, it's really hard for usually trolls. is just like, Oh, you posted that meme about that. You don't, you know, that there's Catholic, you know, rampant abuse mm-hmm. in the Catholic church. And then they're they're just going to give you a short pithy like, I don't know, atheists are always stupid or you know yeah. something like that you know typical typical liberal drivel or whatever. Yeah. It's like wait, just be a conservative atheist too. Like come on, yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't see like trolls using this. I guess so. I, I guess that that makes me happy. Yeah. Like it...
2: <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, it kind of this goes very like I. I think it would be kind of difficult for a troll to use this type of thing because in order to have that effective communication it kind of takes away the floor to be able to be a troll like you you if you're trolling you're more like just cracking a bunch of jokes or attacking the person or just trying to like get a rise out of them but this type of communication is actively not trying to get a rise out of them so those two things kind of cancel each other out i i can't see a troll really
0: no, I th- I think that. the most the it's not I don't know if it's the same same as trolling, but like maybe derailing a ah. conversation because I have seen where you know you'll post about what aboutism. Right? Yeah, what about it? Well, what about this? And then, well, I mean, but even then, mm-hmm. going down that what aboutism. I can address trail, that too.
2: Well, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so when people say what about this or what about that, I remember. A long time, this is a good tangible real life example. This was before marriage equality really became kind of a law. And when we were talking about that, I remember someone in the debate uh, was saying, um, but they just, a lot of times, it's not about wanting to commit to someone you love. They just want the legal benefits. And so it was kind of moving the goalposts of the conversation. So I had just joined the reality and broke it. So I said, well, if you want to talk about whether marriage should have benefits, we can do that. Right now we're talking about equal uh, equal rights in the marriage and that kind of reframes it. We can talk about what you're saying too, but now I've just reframed it to marriage itself and not whether that group gets benefits, but whether everyone gets benefits and they don't want to lose their benefits. So they immediately, okay, that's, that's not going to happen. That's kind of more moving the goalposts than actual whataboutism, but whenever someone says whataboutism, you can kind of address that by saying, that, how does that really justify this, though? Or um, we can also talk about that, but right now we're talking about this here, so that doesn't really make this okay. What can we do to fix this? And then we can fix that one later, too. And you just you can address it without really being combative. And so it kind of, in a way, you're sort of trying to earn them to your side of having a conversation, even if they won't change their mind, but it keeps the the uh, conversation productive.
0: I've seen currently a lot of times with, uh, what, with all of the, in the political climate of, of a certain Supreme Court justice, and... A lot of people suddenly bringing up, well, false allegations, you know, the fact that, that men can be, you know, have sexual assault committed against them too. Yeah. And it's, I feel like that's in that same, like, what aboutism. Like, yeah. Well, let's have that conversation. I mean, let's yeah. have this conversation now. But, yes, that is an important mm. conversation we
2: should have. Not the false allegations part. Well, the, the men being sexual assault uh, victims. Too. Yeah. You want to validate the human being. You don't necessarily have to validate the idea. They just have to feel like you've seen them.
1: Right. And, and I mean, and there was a, there's a study that I think Stephanie Savan has linked to sometime in the past that I, I read, and that actually talked about the the question of fraudulent charges and stuff. Oh yeah, and I, it actually, it's a, I actually found it to be a very interesting article that honestly could be an entire show. So we'll leave it for later, but it is a fascinating thing if you go into it with the idea of okay, what is reality? <laughs>
0: Or just going down the rabbit hole, like that, Out, not the rabbit hole, that's a wrong way, that Alex Jules pointed out with the history of racism and white women accuse, falsely accusing black men and all the black men that have died from that. But that's, yeah. That's way more rabbit holes <laughs> than we have time for. But that will probably be an episode later. But I just said in that same what aboutism, what about this and what, what about, about that? And it's like, well, those are really good conversations to have, maybe. But that's not what we're talking about, and it's trying to get. So I, I like listening to what you're saying, like to try to like. How do I use this to reframe?
2: Right. Yeah. So, oh. I...
0: No, you're fine. We actually have. Yeah, we should. We're we're about to go. We are about to end the show, which is really frustrating because I'm really enjoying talking to you. But if you are, and I just minimized that I'm always enjoying talking to you by saying, but <laughs> if you if you are listening and a patron, we will continue this conversation. Yes. So thank you for tuning in to Atheist Talk. I'm proud to be on the air with Minnesota Atheists and hope you've enjoyed the show. This show depends on the generous support of our members, our sponsors, and donors. Please consider joining sh- our supporting the show through the donation link at mnatheist.org or our Patreon page. This has been Atheist Talk on AM 950, KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. All the opinions and ideas expressed in today's show are the opinions of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily represent Minnesota Atheists. The podcast for the show will be available in just a couple hours. Have a fantastic Sunday.